Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Fred Barnes. And Fred, it's safe to say that the key letters of the week, if this were Sesame Street in Washington, would be the letters V and the letters A. The VA scandal is mm-hmm. dominating Washington in a way that I can't... It's been a while since a scandal has been universally... The press, both parties agree this is a major mm-hmm. problem. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. The, the press and both parties agree because uh, Benghazi and the IRS scandals are ones that the mainstream media and almost all Democrats have have, have, have tried to blot out. And the media has uh, succeeded. The Democrats realize they're going to have to be a part of uh, the, uh, the new select committee that is looking into Benghazi. But uh, the VA thing is something that, that everybody understands. You have these veterans military veterans who, who uh, served in wars, uh, for the most part, who are on a list uh, to get in the Veterans Administration hospitals, particularly we know about the one in Phoenix, and they die before they can get in. Months and months and months of waiting, and they die. And then, of course, we learn about all the hijinks that have gone on in these hospitals of, of uh, you know, destroying records that would show about uh, all these people, what had happened to them, and, and how they've been on the waiting list for so long. And it's a scandal that everybody understands. You have American uh, military veterans, some of them heroes, dying because the Veterans Administration hospitals put them on a waiting list way too long right. and they die before they see a doctor. You know, we've had uh, stories individual uh, service members have stepped up one yesterday who said it took him four months to see a doctor, three mm-hmm. months to get the test the doctor scheduled him to have, yeah. and then another three or four months to get the results of the test. That's a mm-hmm. full year. It's starting to sound, Fred, like one of those bad Apple insurance policies President Obama mm-hmm. said we had to get rid of and replace with Obamacare. Yeah. Maybe we found yeah. the one group of people in America who really would see better service under Obamacare. <laughs> that, may, that may be Right, that's a that's a uh, damned by faint praise. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you, how has the president done I- as far as dealing with the crisis management? Well, and you must know that he won't tolerate this. <laughs> he, he said so, <laughs> Michael. How can how can you doubt that? He won't tolerate it. You know, he campaigned on problems at Veterans Administration hospitals back in 2008. So he's had. Uh, more than five years to think about this, to look into it, to look at the audits that have been done of how uh, things are going at Veterans Administration hospitals, and he's done, I think, approximately nothing. Uh, but now he's outraged, and uh, and and the funny thing is, at his press conference when he talked about the VA problem, he sounded like some like an auditor or right. like some academic who's sort of looking at a problem from above that he has nothing to do with, but, but that he can comment on and say what's wrong and how, gee, you know, I, you know, I'm learning about this, I'm really ticked off, as if he's not involved in any way whatsoever. Um, I mean, this is what, you know, even right. liberals and fans of President Obama uh, have commented on this, that his sort of a passive, above-the-fray above the attitude is uh, when it gets to the VA scandal, they may not have minded it on, on, on other things, but right. on the VA scandal, they're recognizing it as a, a president who is perfectly inact- inadequate. You know, Democratic Congressman uh, David Scott of Georgia mm-hmm. gave an impassioned speech on the floor, and he, as a member of the Black Caucus, called out the president, how disappointed I am in him. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I watched that little two, three minutes, and mm-hmm. I just compared the tone 
of the two. Here's a, just yeah. a congressman, and he's he wants not just to see anger, but he wants to see passion behind yeah. whatever proposal mm -hmm. or program goes forward to fix it. And then you have the president acting like uh, so. There seems to be some problem in a mm -hmm. in a VA or something. It was yeah, the the, right. the contrast is amazing. Well, and he's not going to tolerate it, though he's tolerated it for more than five years. Um, it's uh, look, this is uh, this is representative of the Obama administration, and, and um, no, let me not let me put it a different way. Right. This is representative of the Obama presidency, the way he carries out his presidency. If there's a problem, well, it's something that we have to do something about. But uh, but you know, he's not personally involved. Right. I mean, heaven forbid. Uh, just because he's president, uh, uh, that anybody should think that he's accountable here. Let me ask you this. I uh, uh, made the point back in 1998 as a novice columnist, and I got yelled at for it, for saying at some point after the Lewinsky scandal broke that the Clinton presidency was over, in the sense that there was no political cause, no whatever, a tax cut or, you know, let's go to war or whatever, that President uh, Clinton could bring up at that point for the rest of his presidency. Because even though polls said that 65% of America supported him, they may support him, but they didn't really trust him, and they weren't going to go anywhere with it. They were, he wasn't going to lead them. Have we mm -hmm. reached that point in the Obama presidency where you know he can have ideas and he can certainly veto things, and he can administrators beneath him can use their administrative power to act? But if President Obama announced tomorrow, I'm going to make whatever global warming, war on poverty, taxes my number one issue, it would have no he would have no ability to lead America or the political process there. Yes, because he's uh, you're absolutely right. And Obama is already doing this. If you watch, if you read his uh, uh, the transcripts of his speeches, which I do, and mainly the fundraising speeches before uh, at Democratic dinners and so on, particularly raising money for the House and Senate campaign committees, uh, this is what the president talks about. He talks about uh, raising the minimum wage, and he talks about uh, doing something about income inequality and 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 spending more to uh, build bridges and roads and so on and that will solve the unemployment problem but these are issues and on which he said the polls look pretty good for him uh, and and democrats and he's right about that but the public doesn't care you know they're way down the list the public cares about other things the public cares about obamacare they care about the economy they care about the deficit and and the issues that the president's talking about particularly global warming are way down the list they're just not current concerns so the only thing that could change uh, the Obama presidency and revive it is if somehow, miraculously, uh, uh, Democrats did well in the November midterm election. Let's say, for instance, they Republicans only won a couple seats and didn't take the Senate, and, and maybe Democrats even won seats in the House. Uh, if that happened, that might stand some chance of reviving the Obama presidency a little bit, but anything short of that isn't going to help. And that is uh, disturbing because, as we saw in the Ukraine, the, the the situation there is not over at all. The thing that people mm -hmm. have feared, which is that Vladimir Putin would use his political influence and his agents on the ground to start uh, getting pe other pieces of Ukraine to move mm -hmm. back in the Soviet sphere, seems to be sure. moving forward. It'd be nice to have a president who could go on TV to America and say, look, I don't like sending troops anywhere. I don't like getting involved, but we're going to put mm -hmm. some troops in Poland. We're going to be more, you know, more troops, I should say, in Poland. We're going to be more aggressive in the region. We're going to offer help to Ukraine because we've got to stop Russia. I think if he said that, people would just, oh, there's another speech. There's another thing that's not going to happen. There's another red line. Mm -hmm. There's another I will not tolerate and just move on. Well, I think you're right. But the president, there is a lot more he could do on Ukraine, but but 
said, well, what's the problem? The president said, well, you know, the Europeans just won't go along, and so what can I do? Right. Uh, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to do anything unilaterally, anything serious unilaterally, other than uh, uh, maybe some words, but uh, um, he just he, he just won't step out on his own in any sort of uh, strong way uh, uh, using the U.S. military. I'm not talking about that sending the 82nd Airborne sure. into eastern Ukraine, but just uh, 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 doing strong things. One of the obvious ones that's been uh, uh, suggested is if he said, you know those um, uh, missile tracking stations we were going to build in the Czech Republic and Poland, and I, I uh, to, uh, as a part of the reset with Russia, that I would not, because the Russians didn't like them, uh, uh, that I would not have them built, and, well, we're going to build them, and we're going to start right away. Um, now, that would be something very tangible, strong, unilateral, uh, and it's exactly what he won't do. Uh, one last question as you look out at, we just had the, another round of primaries, mm -hmm. uh, and then you look down the road at upcoming primary contests for the Republicans. Mm -hmm. How do the Republicans look in their uh, uh, quest to take the U.S. Senate? Um, well, I think they look a lot better today than they did before Tuesday, because um, one, uh, uh, Democrats were hoping that um, the a so-called Tea Party candidate, so that's kind of a misnomer in some cases. But in any case, the insurgent challenging Mitch McConnell in Kentucky and the more uh, 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 conservative candidates who, with a, uh, a habit of saying unnecessarily controversial things in Georgia, uh, didn't win. So I think the two Georgia candidates, uh, David Perdue and uh, um, uh, why am I drawing a Jack blank? Kingston. Yeah, Jack Kingston, who is either one would be a candidate sure to beat Michelle Nunn. Well, maybe not sure, but would almost, almost, almost sure to beat uh, Michelle Nunn, who won't tell us whether uh, that she would have voted for Obamacare or not. And 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 the uh, groups, the, the conservative groups that back the challenger of, in Kentucky are now backing McConnell right. and pulling the party together. We're going to see in the November election a Republican big tent that works. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to a Democrat friend of mine who was laughing about how Republicans, you think you have a chance to win in Oregon, and there's no way that woman's going to win in Michigan. And I said, mm. you know, you are statistically speaking, you're likely right. That's how, yep. you know, math mm. is. But here's your problem. You're fighting the fights in Michigan and Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, which means that at that yeah. point, North mm -hmm. Carolina, Arkansas, mm -hmm. and the, you know, they're, the rest are just gone. Yep. You know, if the press would get on this notion that is a real one, that there's a democratic war on women, uh, and we've seen it in both Oregon and Michigan. Uh, I think that would give Republicans a much better chance. But it's so uh, it's uh, the idea is just uh, it doesn't fit the mindset of the mainstream media. Well, uh, President Obama has said he will not tolerate a democratic war on women, so no mm. doubt it'll be ending anytime. Nah. Fred Barnes with the Weekly Standard, thanks so much for helping us wrap up this week here on the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check WeeklyStandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.